A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Listening to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, your one-stop shop for the outstanding, the unconventional, and the downright strange. Strap in because the boys are about to take a wild ride. I'm Funk Master B, setting up that tea for the duo of gum foolery. Your hosts, Dan and Lee. I believe in aliens. I mean, in an infinitely growing universe, why would we be the only living species? Bigfoot, messy, all that stuff, it's got to be real. How are we to say that we're the only ones? It's just ignorance. I think aliens are not only from other planets, but they're time travelers. Welcome, listeners, to the Beyond State of Fear crossover debate on the Bob Lazar story. This is your moderator and host, Dan Martson. I'm uh, one of the co-hosts of the Beyond Terrestrial podcast, and I will uh, be setting aside my opinions today. Uh, since, Since I'm a former Jeopardy champion, I can do this sort of thing. And I will be moderating the debate. Um, and with us are a bunch of hosts and uh, guest hosts from Beyond Terrestrial and State of Fear. Let's uh, go around the horn. Let's start with uh, Chris. Chris, how's it going? Good, man. This is Chris Doblet from State of Fear. Doing good. Looking uh, looking forward to this little friendly, friendly debate. Um, I think it should be less of a shit show than the first presidential debate, but I'm not quite sure who knows. It could, it could get off the rails. Um, if I have to, yeah. I will mute people. I will mute you bastards. All right. So now, so okay. There you go, man. All right. Um, joining him is, uh, my host from beyond terrestrial, Mr. Lee Eric Lee. How you doing? I'm doing good, Dan. As always, I'm coming from the Haunted Barn studios. I'm excited to get this started. I'm about to take this shit off the rails. <laughs> Oh, okay. Coming in, coming in as he always does, trying to uh, take some wheels off here. Thank you, Lee. You're welcome. <laughs> um, now, on on the um, I guess opposing side, or I mean, we're not we're not really being too antagonistic about this bait, debate. Um, on the other side, we have uh, Mr. James Bishop. James, how's it going? Hey, man, I'm all right. How are you guys doing this evening? Really good. Love love the old school Astro shirt, my man. Yep, thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I'm getting in over my head here tonight. I'm going to be the rookie of the class, but that's yes, all right. I'll yes, take that's it. all right. Um, but you know, you know how the government is always uh, doing people dirty. So um. the, the government. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so you'll be you'll be in there on that side. And joining him is one of the founders of the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, a true believer, Mr. Mike Roop. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Mike, Mike Happy is to be in, here. 
in Las Vegas at uh, the Simple Equations Media Studios. He is as I'm, I'm just I'm just in my garage right now. Oh actually. well, you know, <laughs> part time studio. But I'm close to it. Yeah. So. Um. So he is like the closest to the Lazar story physically of uh of the group. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, just down the road. Credit credit to him. This is uh, in large part his idea. So props to you, Mike. Um, Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't handle I I edit the Beyond Terrestrial podcast and I had to sit and listen to an ear lashing of bashing Bob Lazar for a couple hours while I, while I edited these guys' voices. And I was like, <laughs> I got to get back at this. So just putting shame on this man's name. Somebody's got to put some respect on there. Yes, yes, I know. Well, so so I think, um, I think we'll actually um, start with uh, you, Mike, and James, uh, since you guys are, since we want your take. You have the fresh take. Um, especially with James uh, just learning about the story, um, so I guess I guess the synopsis of the Bob Lazar story for the listeners who don't know, um, Lazar came out in the late '80s, as like '89, um, in an interview with George Knapp, and claimed that he had worked at Area 51, at a location called Site Four, um, and that he worked on the power systems and propulsion of uh, UFOs and that he saw multiple UFOs at his time there um, and did a lot of uh, secret work for the government. So lots of information besides that <laughs> that he is that he has put out over the years. but that is the that is the bare bones version of the story. Can we all agree? Yeah that. Agree. I disagree. Okay. Damn it! No, I, <laughs> already starting early, James. Yeah, he's got to start it early. I, no, absolutely, I'm on board with that 100. percent So, so I guess to uh, establish our positions here, um, Mike, let's start with you. Uh, how much? How much of Bob's story um, are we to believe? Um, man, that's such a tricky question. Um. I think he was mostly telling the truth. I'm not going to die on a cross for him. You know what I mean? Okay, fair. But I think just based on his ability to talk about technologies that were not a thing and to have that validated, for one, is a, is, is a major kind of point in his favor. Um, and uh, just the in-depth knowledge that he has supposedly of these these systems and you know, it, it, you could say in x-files you know nature i want to believe you know um okay so i'll put it this way like i believe most of it because i think it's possible also right. am i hoping is it kind of like is it is it me hoping that it's all real probably a little bit but um he does have good science that backs him up, and yes. it's hard. Um, and, and it's hard to discount that. Yeah, this is one of the very interesting things about Lazar's story. Um, he talks about things that are very scientific, like Element One Fifteen. Yeah, um, he has uh, some kind of technical background, um, and and he's very um, he's very convincing when he talks about it. Um, 
when you see him on. So, James, you're you're kind of uh, teamed up with Mike tonight. What's uh, what's your position? How much of Bob's story um, do you believe? Um, do you think the the government's out to get him? Um, what's what's going on? Well, myself being a conspiracy theorist as well, I always think the government's out to get people, period. Hell yeah. Anybody that tries to get ahead knows too much. You know, they always, always take it on the chin. Um, listening to the man talk, you know, I tried to be objective. He spoke clearly. He didn't stammer over his story. He looked right into the camera. He was looking right at the people he was talking to. I am inclined to believe almost everything that man said in this documentary. He even got emotional. He got angry. Um, even got disconcerting. He's like, hey, look, you can believe me or you don't. I'm just trying to get this out here. If you don't want to believe my story, that's fine. He's not looking to get paid, obviously. He's not looking for attention. So to me, that's a little strange for somebody who's trying to, you know, lie and put out a bullshit story they want to be he wants to be honest and just spit out his story so yeah long story short i'm inclined to believe what i saw okay so james your entry point to this story was the uh jeremy corbell uh documentary bob lazar area 51 and flying saucers yes um it's on netflix um just you know since this since that is your your entry point. Um, I mean, there are interviews and stories going all the way back to the eighties. Um, what did you think about this? Uh, you know, your first impression, you know, this film. Well, the narration drove me nuts. I think I told y'all that already. <laughs> um, but you know, I know. And, and the thing is, I'm not familiar with that gentleman's work too much, but when it comes to documentaries, I don't need all the fluff and all the diagrams and all the graphics and stuff like that. I like to get to the story. It's Corbell. Like um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I liked it. I don't know about the guy sitting on the on the counter, flipping through pages, talking on a cell phone to some guy, but that's Corbell. <laughs> right. you know, but as it but, so so the part the part that connected to you was the parts where Bob was on screen yes, telling his story. Absolutely, I liked yes. when they were talking to him and he was actually telling his story. I really dug it. Very cool. Very cool. Now, um, Chris, uh, for you, you probably had some familiarity with the Lazar story uh, before the documentary. Is that uh, correct? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, so where where do you stand? You're kind of on on the opposing side. What do you think of uh, the, the Lazar story? Well, um, I mean, initially, when I first learned about it back in the in the 90s, you know, fully on board, totally, totally believable. Um, and of course, that was a time when the Internet was around, wasn't around. And so it made uh, following up on his information a lot more difficult to do. Uh, now, however, I'm uh, I definitely think that he is a disinformation agent uh, put out there to um, spread disinformation. Um, and that for me, that has been, uh, that has been even more, um, I don't say proven, but more reinforced by the likes of people like, uh, Philip Imbrogno and, um, 
what's that dude's name? The guy that was uh, featured on the uh, Mirage Men documentary, uh, Paul, what's his face? Mm-hmm. Paul Benowitz? Yeah, Benowitz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that there are... I mean, Imbrogno wasn't disinformation, but the dude just straight up lied about his credentials for years and wrote books and stuff. Um, and then, but Benowitz was in fact an actual disinformation agent. So I think, I think, I feel like Lazar's playing the long con doing the same thing. Hmm, intriguing. Um, so, you know, the, it, this is one of the weird things about uh, UFOs and UFO culture is um, the the cons because there's plenty of them out there um and a lot of them want to present themselves as having you know some kind of special knowledge whether it is scientific or spiritual because there is that there is that weird new agey religion crossover (laughs) into ufos (laughs) oh yeah um so i don't know At, at for for me at least i doesn't bob has not pushed that line um right so so I think that's one one thing in his credit. See, this is me, the moderator, gi- giving my opinions, which I shouldn't oh. be. It's uh, a negative. <laughs> it's yeah. like a real debate. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So, um, <laughs> but no. So, uh, so if Bob is a disinformation agent, is this something he's doing on his own, or is he being put up to it? Um, your, just your thoughts, real quick, Chris. Uh, no. So what I think, and of course, is totally coming up my ass but i think he's the other other side of the spectrum of, of paul benowitz whereas paul went in full balls i mean balls deep in it and just fully went on it i think lazar is playing it a bit i don't want to say safer but he's playing it a bit back more for that reason i, I think the government in you know instilled both of these individuals in two different types of disinformation paths um, because at some point they realize mm-hmm. one of them is going to be found out. So they have to have a backup. So they very intriguing. And there's probably more out there that we won't find out till later on. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think he is, he's just playing a different, a different path, different role than the other guy did. Very cool. So Lee, um, we, we talked about the Bob Lazar documentary, uh, in a whole show. Um, just to remind our listeners or our friends from State of Fear, um, what are what are your thoughts on the Bob Lazar story? How much of it should we believe? So my issue is, I believe that he either believes that it is true, or um, is a very good actor. Because I'm with James on that front. He does appear to be being truthful when he's doing this interview. Um, but I just, I can't, I, I can't bring myself to, to believe that everything he says is 100% true. Uh, just so many potential discrepancies. The, the erasure of his, um, his credentials uh, the lack of credentials, but somehow he gets um, brought aboard. Some of those things just seem very strange to me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with it. I, I believe he believes a lot of it's true. Now, does that mean that they that the government government um, <laughs> didn't? It's contagious. <laughs> the, 
the government didn't go ahead and uh, create a farce for him to feel like, um, like like he's doing something. Uh, I I don't know. Like, I. I it's kind of like they they faked the moon landing, so they faked Area Fifty One for Bob Lazar. Mm. Well, see. Uh, <laughs> okay, so listen here. You know oh, damn well sure. that they hired Stanley Kubrick <laughs> to do that. They hired Stanley oh, Kubrick, right. and he oh, refused. Lord, he refused absolutely refused <laughs> to do that anywhere but on the moon. So they had to go to the moon. That's right. <laughs> he's such a damn perfectionist, right, he is, isn't he? He is. He's hardcore. All right, so. <laughs> So Lee touched on it, um, Mike, James. Um, if you guys would like to uh, discuss some of the points of evidence um, that you think uh, lend Bob uh, some credibility, what what parts of the story may, may I? do you th- do you think was that Lee? I, I have one thing to say. Okay, go go um, ahead. I I want to believe that Donald Trump's going to deposit $1 million into my bank account tomorrow afternoon doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, so just going to throw that out there. Mike, that was a jab at you from earlier, but that uh, I, I love I'm you. I'm fully bro. aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you want to believe. Wow. Okay. See, look, see now this, I'm going to reprimand you as the moderator here. <laughs> yes. We were moving on <laughs> and you had to go back and try and get in a dig. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not very appreciative right now. Your this is your first warning. Where's that okay. mute button? <laughs> Hit the mute button. So, All right, Lee. Since uh, so since you, since you attacked me so early, I guess I'll start here. <laughs> what what parts what parts of the story? Uh, and James, go ahead and feel free to add in um, any evidence that you think uh, lends credibility to Bob's story. Gotcha. Okay, so um, I guess the first thing. Um, I would say is um, you talked about how he doesn't have essentially the credentials to get the clearances and things that he has, but I think that he does, you know, I mean, if we take his story as true, he did study at MIT. He did study at Caltech. He did work at Los Alamos. Yes. And the guy is a genius. So I think that he comes very highly regarded in, the eyes of the government as far as them in his words, maybe trying to find somebody with a different perspective and maybe to think outside of the box a little bit. Yep. Um, because they they were at a complete standstill with this propulsion technology, which you can understand why, because it's, you know, inverting gravity to move through space. So, I mean, you know, they're at a complete standstill. They need somebody that's a weirdo. They need somebody who thinks differently. Yeah, and the way he explained the technology, put his hands on it, he drew it. He says, this is how this works. This is how this works. He explained the bending light technology. He, he talked right through it. It didn't sound faked. It didn't sound fabricated. Also, when it comes to the uh, credentials, the point that he was making on the credentials, the government can erase somebody completely off the planet. So that's, 100%. you know. That would not be uncommon for somebody who works at a high-tech facility like that to have their past erased. I mean, for God's sakes, they have him listed as going to a junior college, and that's all there is on his education that I could find. You know, like I say, because they can't find his credentials. Well, that stuff can be erased, you know, easily. 
easily, especially in nowadays. Uh, a long time ago, there were more paper trails and stuff like that. He talked about how he had thousands of videotapes they couldn't find. Then we see he gets hit by the FBI raids. Obviously, this guy knew something. They thought he had something. You know, I, I think, you know, uh, when they spoke of him actually escaping the lab with some of this Element 115, he's able to fabricate it. You know, because I did read where they were able to duplicate this... Uh, this element but the problem is as soon as they tried to expose it or use it it would evaporate they, they couldn't stabilize it so it de decay in yeah like a millisecond milliseconds yeah it would shut down no stable um but convenient I, well it, it's, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> discount it though that doesn't necessarily uh -huh. discount it just yeah. because we haven't figured out a way to make it stable doesn't mean that yeah. there isn't a way to make it stable yeah. We just okay. Yes. Let's um, let's discuss element one fifteen a little bit here. Um, I as the moderator, I think I want to inform our listeners about element one fifteen a little bit. Now, Bob says that element one fifteen is the power source for uh, the alien craft. Um, that's what makes it go. Um, it is like a small piece of it, like tetrahedral shaped, is placed into. The reactor, which is essentially uh, a table or something in the middle of the UFO covered in a half dome of metal. Um, and that, that's what makes it work. Um, we have since when Bob came out with his story in the 80s, um, element 115 had been um, hypothesized. Um, people knew like there was an empty space for it on the periodic table. Um, people thought that it would it could come about um and since then in the 2000s they were able to synthesize it um but the way they do it is they just like use a particle accelerator to mash atoms together um and these atoms have a very short half-life like 115's half-life is like 0.62 seconds and then it breaks down yep. um much like my because life Hey. <laughs> when you're lucky when you're lucky I gave, yeah. look i gave you one warning before but that one was good so i take your warning back oh, nice. <laughs> um so no these atoms they get really big um <laughs> and and grab much like and my gravity can't hold them together um and you know the nucleus of an atom is all filled with protons and neutrons uh, the protons, they're all positively charged. They repel each other. Um, the atom's too big for the strong nuclear force to hold it together. Is it possible that it could be stabilized? Um, maybe, but we don't know how to do that yet. So, And there was mention, um, there was also mention of an antimatter engine that ran in concert with this thing. And antimatter is actually possible now, but unfortunately it takes an enormous amount of time to generate just molecules of the stuff because we don't have the technology to make it any faster, but it is possible. So antimatter does exist. So I don't see why they couldn't have that as well. Okay. We're very good. Um, Mike, any other, any other points about um, one fifteen or elements of Lazar's story that you found um, high, highly credible, uh, you know, points in his favor. Um, God, the element 115 is so huge 
because he literally was talking about this before before it was synthesized. That's a big deal. You yeah. know, like that is a really big deal. Um, I think it's one of the most important parts of this whole story. Um, but like you say, it had been hypothesized. So maybe, you know, he's, I mean, that's a pretty big leap of faith to take in the eighties, you know, to be like, Oh, like, like as if, I mean, what kind of foresight would he have to have to, to think, Oh, I'm going to be validated by saying, Oh, it's this random hypothesized element. You know, I mean, that's a pretty big jump for somebody to just hope it happens. Yeah. Um, and maybe if he had a little bit deeper knowledge of it, um, that would suggest that he was in these deeper levels of the government and, you know, they're testing, even if it hadn't been synthesized yet, but he knew it was going to be, say he's lying. It still suggests that he's in pretty deep if he knows that they're on track of doing that. I mean, he'd already, he'd been talking, he made a joke that he had a particle accelerator in his living room. I mean... (laughs) I'm pretty sure the particle accelerator they used to synthesize element 115 was like two miles long or something. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so, believe it was yeah, the one. Who's, what was it? Was it was it CERN where they did that at? Um, no, I I believe it was actually discovered in Russia. Um, okay. It's named Moscovium on the ah um, uh, yeah on the periodic table. Okay, so I'm wrong. Yeah, so, either way. Big, yeah, and big, the fact, um, and like I said, in the fact that he, you know, this this. You know, I don't know where people stand on these things, but he took four polygraphs, passed every time, yeah. and another opinion that he shared that is something I feel very deeply, and I've had, I've discussed it with Chris many times on State of Fear, is I don't feel the government has the right to keep this kind of information from the public. Could they handle it? That I don't know, but the fact that they think they have the authority to just do whatever they want and keep things from us, I think is absolutely wrong. So I really, totally I, I love, I, I loved his too. opinion on that, and I thought that was wonderful. Very good. Well, um, Chris and Lee, let me throw it to you guys. Um, what elements of Bob's story or investigations into Bob, whatever? Uh, lend you or bring you to believe uh, that he's not as credible as uh, Mike and uh, James might think. Real quick, I just want to, uh, Lee, I want to um, clear some up. So, are you, were you saying that you believe that Bob Lazar is an unwilling participant in disinformation by the government? Yeah, that's what I kind of believe. Yeah. Um, if If not unwilling, not fully knowledgeable about the entirety in the dark about of it. the plan. Yeah, that's what I was getting from your your breakdown, and um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I think that he, which is I think part of the reason why he sounds so genuine, um, that he fully believes that Saul is real, but he is probably um, in the dark as to what they're doing as far as using him to get disinformation out to to people. So I, I just wanted to clarify that. I'm mm-hmm. totally with you on that, Lee. Okay, so um, so Lee, what what parts of uh, the Bob Lazar story that have come out in all these intervening years um, would make you believe that this is not uh, you know 
factual, you know, the site for the element 115, all the stuff that he's talking about. What what evidence uh, would you point to? Well, I have a hard time with that because there is a lot of evidence that suggests that he that something did happen. And that's why I lean towards the disin or the unwilling disinformation agent. Um, He was raided by the FBI for some reason. Um, He was um, seen being dropped off at Caltech and I think MIT as well, or dropped off and picked up by a witness um, that was able to corroborate those, those pieces of evidence. Uh, My issue is, if he was truly in the know, I think that he would have a, I hate to say it, but if he's leaking information that they don't want out, why don't they just Epstein him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I generally point. have to agree with that. That is true. So well, I think that was so, the whole entire point. So, I think that was George Knapp's entire point when um, he was coming out. He's like, you need to come out and say this or they're going to kill you. You know, so it's like he came out saying, guess what? This is this is this is what I'm saying. So if if he was to die at that point, somebody who's just a mis- have a, a strange, mysterious car crash um, like we've seen a bunch of times. Um, it's too obvious at that point. They have to keep him around at this point. It's, it, there's, it's too well, much. They've, they've he's divulged too much. Mm-hmm. They all know. Uh, everybody knows. So if he goes up missing or he just ends up in a strange, mysterious death. Um. Then we know he got abstained at that point. See, that's what I was gonna say real quick. I was uh, sorry to cut in, but yeah, I was gonna say the exact same thing. If he knows all this, he did film this documentary, and he says, "Well, why are you doing this? Insurance." He says, "I'm exactly. doing this for insurance." Mm-hmm. He also probably, if he has this information, if he's smart, he's got like thirty or forty people with copies of this information, confidants, people out there. That if he gets offed or says if he mysteriously disappears, I need you to release this information. So he's got them too. And like I said, that's probably why he hasn't been deep sixed for talking. So I was I was gonna say what what else hasn't he put out there? Yeah, because <laughs> exactly. if he has stuff that's if he has stuff that he's keeping secret that he's given to thirty people, then it must be more quote unquote mind blowing than what he's released now. So just release it because that's yeah. You know, you've already released uh, this much so far. Just go further and release it. Um, I'll I'll tell you what, like to me, the only thing that would be so big that the government would be worried about getting out would be literally if he did have element 115 in his possession. That's what I was going to say. If he did, then, yeah, I can see them trying to trying to keep him, you know, from just releasing it. And I don't know. But. Okay, so I, so Chris, um, let's just sorry you know, I didn't mean to interrupt, Chris. That let's just fine. kind of assume that this is that this is a lie, the Lazar story. Uh-huh. Um, what what would uh, lead lead you to believe that this is uh, you know not factual? Oh man, how much time do we got again? Because man, <laughs> I got <a> list. <laughs> yeah, that's, let's hit the highlights. Okay, well, first of all, yeah, let, let's uh, to reiterate what Lee said. Um, a blind participant to disinformation. They're leaking exactly what they want. If he actually had leaked anything substantial or something that was detrimental to national security, they would have Epstein him. Um, he's been working in fireworks for like the past decade. It'd be very easy for them to make it look like 
his, his shop exploded with him in it and it would be just, just be a fireworks accident. Super simple. Hell, they did they, that if, to one of the scientists from the Manhattan Project. <laughs> right. So super simple. I mean, that's that's right there. Boom. If what he had released was substantial enough. Now, going back to his background, I'm in my office slash studio. I'm looking to my right on the wall. My wife has her two degrees, her bachelor's and her master's up on the wall. There is not a single person that I that I know of who has at least one master's, let alone two, who doesn't have a copy of their diploma on them anywhere. And yet, since the 90s, since the 80s, Bob Lazar has not produced a single picture or photocopy of his master's degrees that he claims to have from MIT or Caltech. Not a single one. Now, also, he claimed to have gotten his or been at MIT around 82, 1982, I believe. Yeah, 82. However, he was also featured in a magazine called Jet Car Story about his famous um, jet car, whatever, in June of June of 82, around the same time. And he was living in Los Alamos at that time. Around the same time, he claimed on two occasions to have been uh, going to MIT to get his master's. Also, he filed for bankruptcy in July of 86. Information from that bankruptcy claimed he had only lived in Los Alamos for the past six years. Again, around the time he was supposed to be at MIT getting his uh, master's degree. Neither George Knapp nor Stanton Freeman could find any information on him in Caltech's database or MIT's database. And I know James touched on that, that, that and it's been mentioned in the documentary that the government can you know, erase that information, but these are private institutions. So unless the government paid somebody to come in in the eighties to do a war game style hack and enter their systems to remove his degrees, I don't see that happening. Well, quickly not to interrupt you. They did do it to Ted Kaczynski at Harvard. That is a specific thing that did happen. The Unabomber, they expunged all of his records from Harvard. So it's not like it's impossible. But did they know? expunge it after he was captured or before? I don't know. I'm not for sure. Um, they did it after I would uh, understand because they want to, well, they want to distance himself from him. Well, I imagine it, it would have to be after. I mean, they wouldn't just expunge him for, for no reason. You well, know, then Harvard be would there. be a willing participant in that. They want to separate themselves. Right. So. Well, yeah, and but why they, wouldn't MIT and Caltech want to be like distance themselves from this weirdo that came out and said he was working on alien craft? That's but kind of, the, yeah. Know. Harvard expunged his record, meaning he had a record at Harvard. MIT and Caltech couldn't find anything on him at all. There was no record to expunge. Uh, so okay. yeah, so I mean, uh, it's that plus, I mean, just several other and and going uh, um, going on now I, I, again. I do think he has a a very knowledgeable scientific background. He knows this stuff um, with regards to element one fifteen. I do want to point to maybe uh, that being, again, something that the the government uh, gave him to leak out. Um, and then later on, when it came about, it's like, oh, OK, this is a real thing to help build the story up. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Betty and Barney Hill. When they were abducted, she uh, had this star map that she drew from memory that nobody knew about until like decades later, they were able to find that constellation in the sky but it was given to her by an outside force. So maybe element 115 is a sort of similar thing where they gave it to Bob 
in order to help sell his story as sort of more a, a, a smokescreen for what, what's really going on. Okay. Now, Chris, you touched on this a little bit um, about the journalists who have um, gotten into the Bob Lazar story, notably George Knapp, who um, broke the story. Um, what does does the credibility of these figures like Knapp and Corbell and Friedman um, lend any credibility to Bob or does it detract from Bob's credibility? What do you think? Well, um, I mean, Corbell, uh, just no, just because, just <laughs> okay. flat out no, in my opinion. But uh, he Nap, wants I mean, to I, weaponize I, your curiosity, Chris. Uh, <laughs> such a hipster thing to say. But you should be weaponized. Nap, hey, can I give the guy a break here? <laughs> I think Nap, Nap kind of does because he, I, I believe he comes from a place where he literally wants, he genuinely wants to get this information out and find out what's going on. Uh, Friedman's actually a nuclear physicist. He's not a journalist. So uh, for for him to be a physicist and actually believe in, you know, UFOs um, and take a interest in this and for him to go out and try to find uh, cooperation for um, Lazar's story and not find it, to me, that lends credence to the fact that it's made up. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, James, what do you think? Um what do you think about these like national UFO figures um, really quick? Does it add to Bob's story or maybe take something away? Personally, I think it, uh, any sensationalizing, I think always takes away, you know, from somebody's true story when they overblow it, they overdo it. Like I said, this documentary I saw didn't need all that fluff and, you know, in him doing those deep voice narrations between the scenes and stuff. I didn't need all that. You that know, was Mickey not Rourke. in this particular case. I mean, it has its time and place, but uh, all I know is I want a majestic security clearance too. I don't even know what the hell that is, but I remember him mentioning that. And, you know, and there's one other quick thing uh, I wanted to throw in. Um, but like I said, as far as credibility is concerned, I think just tell it straight up, these national figures you know, um, like, I think we know one, everybody know Nick Redfern, good guy, level-headed UFO guy. He doesn't seem to do any, dis, you know, any disservice to the, uh, to the field. Um, but yeah, uh, I tend to, should I say filter the BS when I'm watching these things and I try to just absorb the facts and not the fluff. So yeah, I would say takes away. But his credibility, for me, stands up. I also wanted to mention one other thing real quick. I don't know uh, how you guys stand on this, but I did read a little bit about how he had read documentation on how the Earth was involved for the past 10,000 years with extraterrestrial beings. Grays from a... uh, it was another system, Zeta Reticuli, I think it's called. Reticuli. Reticuli, yeah. And... And they said they can no longer find that planet. So I'm wondering if, because, you know, the reason we are visited by aliens so often is their planet may have been destroyed. I don't know, that's kind of off topic. But it's just the fact that he talked about all this stuff. I just found it amazing. I thought it was very cool. All right. Um, now, so, Mike, um, really quick, uh, national UFO figures, uh, Jeremy Corbell, the documentary 
all this stuff that uh, swirls around Bob. Um, is that a positive or a negative for you? I think it's mostly negative. Um, I think the only guy that people should really, um, you know, give him credit for being involved with is probably George Knapp, you know, because George Knapp, I mean, and he's whatever. He's like a fringe kind of investigator. He does weird things, but he is, you know, he is a legitimate, a classically um, trained journalist. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's, he's, he's very classically trained, legitimate journalist. Um, and he's not gonna, he's not gonna ruin his credibility over something he thinks is fake. Mm -hmm. So he did put him through the ringer, you know? Right. And, Um, and at least, uh, did put out the problems with the story. Um, you know, that they could not find any of these credentials. Bob for sure. Um, exactly. Yeah. He, he didn't, he didn't cherry pick it. You know, he did say, um, there, there are certain breaks in the story, okay. which I'm fine. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I, I think that having these other guys like Corbell, I mean, like he's funny to listen to. I listen to him on podcasts and kind of laugh at him because he's kind of a weirdo. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I, he makes you know cool Instagram posts and stuff sometimes too. So you know, I, I leave it at that though. Yeah, he, he's right. not a he's not a credible, you know, type of guy to me. Um, but, you know, so let's let's flip it onto the uh, the doubters a little bit. Um, Chris and Lee. Uh, assume that Bob did work at S4. Um, if you are the Men in Black or uh, some other agency, the FBI, uh, whatever black branch of the government you want to talk about, um, how how do you handle Bob Lazar? You want to go firstly? Yeah. Um so I think when you're dealing with somebody that is extremely intelligent and but potentially not quite 100% ready for the real world, I guess would be the best way to do it. I think that they they staged a lot of stuff. I know that theoretically like staging a uh, an actual UFO that he could put his hands on well, let's assume he exaggerates that point and they bring him just schematics and they bring him a piece of the um, a piece of the element 115 um, stuff that they can get into his hands that he can see, touch, feel. He did admit that they kept him fairly compartmentalized. There were people working on the avionics. There were people working on different sections and he only um, he only got bits and pieces. So theoretically, that means he's not even on the ship. He's only getting bits and pieces of this information. Um, he's a very intelligent person. Maybe he was able to bring something about it, like and and, and create this narrative that this exists. Um, and there's a fine line between intelligence and insanity. Um, and you take one step in the wrong direction uh, if you don't have. If you don't have the proper ability, a very intelligent person without the ability to objectively um, assess situations is a very uh, bad thing to have. But it's also very easy to control. 
Yeah. So that's that, that's a good point, Chris. Um, would you would you think the government should be uh, hands off with Lazar, or um, you know, if he actually worked at Area Fifty One, uh, what what would you assume they would do if he was going to come forward? I would I would assume they would they would um, not hands off, maybe hands off, but uh, they would definitely do it from a, a distance because, I mean, they're they're probably. If if it's legit, they're probably looking at what happened in Roswell and how much they they jacked up that cover up, and so they're going to go at it from a different way, knowing that the public doesn't always take claims of UFO encounters, UFO in general, seriously. Um, that and the fact that he came out and like I said in '89, here we are, 2021. Um, and maybe you guys can correct me on this, but since then there hasn't been a single other because he he's he's lived on he's lived this long from when he when he first came out he's been alive mm-hmm. this long with with literally the same information he's had for the last thirty forty years like his information hasn't in, in, included anything additional because he worked there for a very short time by his admission but since then not a single other employee who worked in that area has come forth whether of that time period or after that time period to say that, to collaborate anything at all that he said. Um, and then I just started thinking about people like Snowden, who also was a whistleblower, but he had, it wasn't UFO related, but it was legitimate information. And he ended up having to leave to Russia to avoid getting arrested. Well, if Bob Lazar's information is as groundbreaking as what Snowden released, how is he still walking around a free man in the United States of America? So I think that they're, they they saw an opportunity and they let him go and slowly kind of kind of let let him do what he did knowing that the information he had as kind of Lee said wasn't the full picture because they were compartmentalized. And so what he had wasn't enough to bring down national security or uh UFO, you know, agreement the convention agreement with the UFOs and Eisenhower and all that stuff. So they, they weren't even worried about it. Uh-huh. Intriguing. Now, uh, for the believers, let's uh, flip it on you guys, uh, Mike and James. Uh, I mean, I, I guess assume Bob is lying. Why would he uh, tell this story? Well, if he is quote unquote, um, okay, go ahead, Mike, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. No, I'll just, just I'm just going to be simple. He, if he, if he is lying about this, he did a damn good job. I mean, yes, there are good liars out there. I get it. Um, were we present for this stuff? No. There are things we have to take on faith. I know it's hard for some people that need hardcore proof for everything. Um, but if he is actually lying, then it, it was just done for entertainment then damn him for being that way. Uh, but honestly speaking, Lazar, or no Bob, you know, or no Bob Lazar. I believe in UFOs, period. I know they exist. I don't need to have one in my face to know they exist. There's just been too many things, too many sightings, too much evidence, you know, and they blow it off. But anyway, that's my stand on. If he's lying, but you no, know, I don't even know how to articulate it. Like I said, if he's lying, I didn't see it. 
I did not see it. I couldn't detect it. And anything he said or did, I, I thought he was legit. So, Mike, um, assume assume Bob is lying. Um, what what about this story would? I oh now now I just flubbed the line. <laughs> so, Mike, um, why why would he lie? Why why would, he why lie? would Bob lie about this? What is the what is the point of this if it's all fake? Um, I don't know. Um, because he doesn't, he doesn't appear to be the guy that wants to be this guy. He doesn't want to be famous for this, you know, and he could be feeding us a line to make it seem like, oh, I'm not the guy. Don't know. You know, to, to, to make, so he doesn't appear like a disinformation agent, um, completely possible, but he wants to live a normal life. He wants to do his normal things. Um, and um, I, I, I just don't, I don't see a re for everything that he said over the years. I don't see why he would want to lie about this because he doesn't want the attention for it. He really does not want to be known as this guy. Now, um, assuming he's just saying that to keep the heat off, um, I mean, who wouldn't want to be the guy that told everybody that aliens really exist and we have spacecraft, you know, that we're working on and the government knows about it. Who wouldn't want to be that guy? That'd be amazing. Um, yes. but he doesn't appear to want to be that guy. Hmm, that is a very thinking. good point. Yeah. Cause I, I, I forgot to actually mention that myself that he did say flat out, I don't want nothing to do with this. He said he was he was almost being interviewed at gunpoint, it seemed, you know, it was kind of strange. Lee, Chris, uh, any thoughts on why this might be uh, faked? I actually have some thoughts. Um, so. This is, you know, semi-anecdotal evidence, and it's actually a completely different person. But I met a guy once um, that could tell a story like no other. This this man uh, was a Marine sniper, Army Ranger, several different other pieces of the armed forces, um, supposedly. Uh, he only slept four hours a night, and he would go um, hunting for wolves up, up in... Uh, so what I'm trying to say is he always had a different story, a more grandiose way that he became. Um, but he could tell me this straight faced, convincing, like he believed everything he was saying. Um, and it was over the top to a point that was just kind of crazy. And I once witnessed him speaking to another um, former uh, piece of the or person in the military and that person started asking him some questions because they had been nearby. And you could tell that his house of cards was kind of unraveling. Um, and he got so upset about it. Um, but it was like he couldn't believe that he was not correct. Not that he... Not that he... Um, well, okay. Uh, we have... Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Um, he could not believe that he was not. <laughs> n no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> could not believe he was not right. And with that being said, I, it, it, when you have people that 
lie about everything that they do. They they one hundred they they create these worlds in their head that they believe that's what a pathological liar is. Um, and if, if you have somebody like that, if the government wants to kind of steer the government, government <laughs> wants to kind of <laughs> steer you in a direction that makes you, or that gets information that they want to control out while steering people away from another another part, I think it's completely plausible. Uh, and that's the real thing that gets me is I know this person and he was so convincing in his stories. You would He would have a person hanging. I knew he was making all these things up and I was still hanging on his every word. Um, so it's just, it, you can have those people that are that convincing and they, they don't even realize that they are. I don't think that's Bob's disposition, though. I I really don't. Like, I don't think that that's, you know, like there are compulsive liars and everything out there. Totally. We've all met them. Um, That doesn't appear to be his disposition. He doesn't care if you don't believe him. And if someone questions his science, he has uh, he he can respond to those. It's not his house of cards doesn't fall is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, and I mean, Bob took people out and um, they videotaped UFOs over um, Area 51. So he did have some folks to corroborate his story with. Um, but who, I mean, who knows what they were watching out at these uh, test sites in Nevada? Well, um, well, once again, if we go with my theory on that, um, I, I'm not saying that he never was there. And I'm not saying that he didn't see strange things. Oh. I'm saying that. I'm saying that the information that they gave him, it's a secret test facility. Yes, if they're flying planes that are new technology over that secret test facility, you're going to see something that to us looks like a UFO. Um, I'm also not disagreeing that the government government, um, (laughs) doesn't have have UFOs in their possession. My My disagreement is whether or not he his information is correct. And I just, I think that he's an extremely intelligent person and definitely, um, used by the government. I just don't think he was used by the government in the way that, um, some people think. I think he was used. Um, he was used, not used. Yeah. I just wanted to throw one quick point in too. He did, managed to drag a journalist along for 30 years. This guy was interested in his story for over 30 years, been following his story. If the guy was full of crap, I don't think anybody spent three decades of their lives researching and following a guy. That's all I'm going to say, you know. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, it's been out there for a while, so it's one of those stories that is uh, very persistent in the UFO culture. Um, guys, we are pushing one hour right now, so I have one more question. We are going to go around the horn here. We're going to start with you, Chris. This is the final question. All right. um, what evidence, if any, would lead you to switch sides to bo- to fully uh, go in for Lazar's story? Oh, um, man, I don't know because I mean he, he he can draw he can draw schematics and drawings of the aircraft or the the UFOs all live long day. You know, it's not going to prove anything to me because, you know, artists do that for a living. 
you know, they they create their own UFOs and and spaceships just for for fun and for jobs. So um, it would have to be it would have to either be a picture of him either at the facility with a badge on or a picture of the of the aircraft that or the UFO that he saw um, authenticated, of course, which back then, you know, there was no Photoshop. So uh, it'd been a lot harder to do that. Or, um, you know, if, if he was able to sneak out something a bit more tangible, maybe like a piece of like, you know, the I-beam or the unbendable aluminum foil that they quote unquote recovered from Roswell, something that, you know, is a physical object that is not like anything we had at that current time when he first released it. To me, that would be the end all be all for, okay, this man is, is telling the truth about his story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike, same question to you, man. Uh, What evidence would lead you to, to switch to flop on Bob Lazar? Um, I guess the biggest, um, poll that I have for him lying is the idea of him just being a deliberate disinformation agent. Um, because this is, this has happened. This is not a new thing. You know, disinformation agents, uh, have existed for a long time. Um, provocateurs, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, so I think if there was something to prove that he was, as Lee said, used by the government, but wasn't used by the government, you know, he was, he was merely a pawn in this game. Um, you know, I, I would like to see some actual evidence. You mispronounced government. You know. Gib? Oh, government. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. It won't, um, it won't happen again. So, very interesting. Very interesting. I guess, Lee, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Yep. What What do you think, my man? Uh, what would What would get you to uh, go all in on Bob Lazar to buy in? I think if he did have stable element 115 and presented that and it exhibited some of the properties that he claimed it did, yeah, I'd be 100% in. Um, It's something he could have snuck out. It's something that essentially corroborates his story, um, and it does explain that Element 115 can be held in a a stable form, uh, and if that's the case, then yeah, because it's outside of our technology ability right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, James, you're the newbie. You get the yep. final word. Um, what what would get you to uh, sell out Bob Lazar? If his identity was called into question. For one thing, when they first interviewed him, I know he lied and said his name was Dennis and all this stuff. Uh, if, his ide- if his true identity could be debunked, I, I would flip on him, knowing it was BS. Because what he presented, in my opinion, was believable. I didn't find it over-sensationalized. Like I said, he was very relaxed with his presentation. He didn't sit there and try to ram it down your throat. He wasn't desperate grabbing you by the collar and saying, please believe me. He basically told me, hey, look, this is what happened. You can believe me or you can take a walk. 
Uh, so it would, it would take a little bit for me to flip on him, but yeah, his identity, I know his credentials are called into question, stuff like that. If they could prove that to me, that he actually didn't go to these schools and he is just some agent of, you know, some BS agent, then that would cause me to flip more, more along his personal identification, his personal credentials, not what he was talking about. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, that is uh, all the questions that I've prepared for our debate. We're right. We're just a little over an hour, so we've done really good time-wise. Um, I hey, hey Dan, hey Dan, <laughs> yeah. So um, can I? Because I know I, I think we pretty well know your stance on this. I know you kind of um, don't don't really believe Bob's story. So mm-hmm. what would? Same question goes to you, I mm-hmm. guess. What would take? What would it take for you? What would it to, take for me to buy um, into his story? So either um the the proof of the aliens um you know little green men's ships whatever um you know what even the ships uh like i said i believe in one of the stories he said he saw uh an alien um so if i saw an alien i'd believe that shit too (laughs) Um, i'd be all in um now the 115 um yeah that's a very central part to the story that would obviously prove what he has to say um but you know why why does he keep it secret if the government already has it what's the point of keeping it secret government um you're not you're not protecting anybody um <laughs> you know he he says he says accidents had already occurred at site 4 um with this 115 so like what what's the point in holding on to it i'm not entirely sure um what do i think the i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my two cents worth as the moderator before i uh before i shut this down um i think bob lazar probably um made the whole thing up in an effort to uh save his marriage (laughs) or cover up that he was um going out with escorts or something like that like oh honey why'd you have to go out at 11 30 at night oh babe i got called into work you know how you know how it is yeah working for the secret government yeah, he did talk about that how his schedule was crazy random yeah weird he right? was living um, in vegas at the time and he wasn't he wasn't and, converting with escorts he was working for them as their bookkeeper okay he, he would pimp he <laughs> right, would, right no yeah. he, no gentlemen he was uh, pimping the hoes Yes, legally <laughs> yeah, right. in the in the vibe. <laughs> Can you can you imagine Bob with his glasses and everything as a pimp? Oh God, <laughs> man! If, oh, giant he, purple he's hat, all nerdy. He's like, he's like his his he's pimp like cane. Now, uh, his pimp cane better now, have the sport model UFO on top of it. No, <laughs> no sugar. No sugar. Papa Bob oh, is gonna need his money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or else he's gonna have to cut a bitch. He gonna hand him a. <laughs> Well, he's gonna hand him a little E one fifteen. Say, hey, go bend some light, baby. Go bend some no, light. No, I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced it's, uh, it's all made up. Um, because he, he lived a crazy life. His wife was cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he says the government had their phones tapped and everything. Like, why would they not know he's gonna come forward with this story? Right. I think uh, if he had worked there and was planning on coming forward he, uh he never would have come forward they would have known and he would be gone so 
What if you can use a um, payphone? You know what I mean. You can use a payphone. You can walk down to the at least back <laughs> then. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you the know, store. Yeah, you, can, I, you, you know. Again, I think of and also the way he talks about it, like how compartmentalized this is. Um, it's a sca- this that's a scapegoat option study. for him. Yeah, like oh, they couldn't move forward, and they needed me to come in. Um, you would think if the government had this technology, government. they would have. Uh, a bunch the uh, the government would have the best people working on it. I mean, I yep. know they suck at a lot of things, mm-hmm. but um, just the way he talked about the structure of S four um, didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, um, I have a theory on so, that, real quick. I, I do have a theory. On okay, that. go for it. Compartmentalization, because I used to be a government employee, or at least when I worked for the military. But I know about compartmentalization. No one person would ever know the entire part. Because if they got out with the entire story, all the information and all the know-how, they'd be a very dangerous person. Somebody with only a piece of the puzzle can't blow the project. Mm-hmm. That's that's my theory on that. Okay. Well, here's a here's security, a, here's another issue. one for you. Yeah. Um, okay. If they're going to compartmentalize it this way, why did he even know that there were more spaceships? Well, because well, he's, he why, glanced. Why he wouldn't saw they give them. him yeah. one he's, UFO? He saw them. It's like a. It was an. It was an accident. The hangar door was open. He happened to just glance and he saw them. Mm-hmm. He wasn't working on them. He was just working on the single thing. Yeah. So I, I, I realize that's like that's like a oh likely story type of situation. But that's I. True I just find I just find it as much information as he has, um, and uh, again parts about the aliens and how uh, the ships are. Some of them are archaeological. Um, just a lot of these details of the stories um, don't lend themselves to the compartmentalization that he talked about. Um, so I, I'm just highly, I'm a highly doubtful that the government, if they had UFOs, uh, would work in the fashion that Bob describes. And I, I, so I want to add, if if he did make it up, there's, and he is so he's obviously intelligent, has some sort of background in science. There's a very good chance he's a sociopath. Now, polygraphs don't detect lies. They detect your belief in what you're telling the the person giving the test. Yeah, that's fair enough. So if he and he, if he's a sociopath, he totally believes everything that he is is in his brain and he and what he's telling people. Uh, sociopaths are actually pretty good, are actually really good at passing lie detector tests because what they are telling people is the truth in quote unquote their world. So if he's, if that's the case and that's what it is, he just so believes in what he's telling you that to him, it's true. It may not be true, which also may explain why after 30, 40 years, he's so uh, able to stick with it. uh, And he's pretty much just built, like you said, built this whole world for himself. I also want to add, I, I just realized, I think element 115 is just a nickname for his pimp hand. (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look out! Look I, out! I do That's got the power up right, hit you right with there. One fifteen again. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have one more thing that I'd like to bring up as well. It'll lift you right up off the ground. That's that anti gravity. <laughs> Damn! That's what it is. The anti gravity. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. I have one more thing to bring up. Um, the 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 majestic okay. clearance. Um, I I love the I love the this the imagery that that creates but it also links something for me um the so-called majestic 12 uh yeah really like 
They're going to call it majestic clearance. And if he has majestic clearance, how is he not get, like privy to more information? You're saying that the majestic 12, like supposedly the highest uh, people in the in the form of the um, of the UFO decorum at the government level, um, decided to name their highest level clearance majestic level. I, I think that there's. Well, I think that's just one name for it. I think I think it's the same thing as a Q clearance. If I if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the same exact clearance as a Q clearance. Or or it's um, what or it's what the government just gives these random names to this clearance that they supposedly give a poor soul that they're about to screw with. Yeah, we um, sorry we did uh, Lee. You might recall Project Azorian um, was called Jennifer for a long time because Jennifer was actually the name of the security uh, system that they used, and people thought that it was that was it, but the project was actually called Azorian. Um, people mess these sorts of things up every now and then in the government. We've seen that. Um, so I like I said, I'm just I'm just out on Lazar. Um, I think he has um, made a, a bit of a living off of this i mean guys like george knapp definitely do um this is their job um and yeah they they go oh i'm just presenting this information and you know here's x y and z but i mean they make a pretty tidy living off of what they do um i don't think that bob has taken any money off of it though i mean he doesn't claim to i mean you never know there could be some under the table business going on knapp gives them a little bit of extra cheese underneath the table yeah well i I know i know netflix didn't uh you know didn't pay corbell and peanuts for the documentary so for sure um there there are guys gave him some money to appear as well yeah yeah um yeah and that's that's apparently um, apparently he's taken zero money i i it seems hard to believe yeah 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 but, um, yeah. So there's there's money floating around there. I and money doesn't always um, muddy the waters in these stories, but there's just so much about uh, Bob that I'm already I'm already leaning out on that the money just pushes me all the way out. Um, so that's that's just my take. Um, and guys, before we go, we need to we need to do some plugs, some pimping. <laughs> Yes, get that money. Get that money. <laughs> so, so James, I know you uh, you always plug in State of Fear over on that show. Tell us about uh, State of Fear and where people can hear it. All right. State of Fear is a uh, podcast for all the strange and weird things. We uh, actually go state by state studying uh, weird and odd occurrences, cryptids, ghosts, you name it, we, we go after it. We've done it all. Missing persons, the whole spectrum. Uh, we do weird news. We talk about the states, famous people from the states. We have a lot of fun. We also try to feature either a local band or a personal story at the end of the episode. Uh, and unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I hate social media with a passion, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we also have a Patreon as well. So, you know, speaking of pimp, speaking go. of pimping, 
you know, we're also on YouTube as well. So <laughs> that's true. We do have wherever we do have a YouTube channel. Wherever well. fine podcasts can be listened to. Oh yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Um, the Beyond Terrestrial YouTube channel is up. I think we've got uh, one follower, and I'm pretty sure it's me. <laughs> um, so. Now you got two, because I'm gonna go follow right now. Uh, that's okay. right. I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna do it myself. Lee, uh, tell tell the people about Beyond Terrestrial. All right. Beyond Terrestrial is a podcast that covers the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Um, we come to you from Tennessee slash Mississippi slash sometimes in Nevada. Um, actually, all the time in Nevada because he does the editing. So you're welcome. Well, thank you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a national act. Yes. No. But, um. It, Go! Oh no! Keep going. I'm sorry. I cut you off on our on a plug for our own show. Continue. <laughs> no, that's sorry. okay. So you can find us on wherever you find podcasts, just like State of Fear podcast. Um, you can also find us on BeyondTerrestrial.com. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Beyond T Pod, and soon coming our OnlyFans. Just for Dan, he's gonna. Yeah, he's, he's, gonna right. he's nice. launching an OnlyFans yes. for the web for the podcast. Look out! <laughs> <laughs> I I've got this Chewbacca mask, very king. Oh yeah! Dan, if I don't see uh, nothing but if the I mask, seen alien gray yes. dildo on your OnlyFans, I'm not going to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Mike. Um, before we get around to Chris, uh, tell the people um, just a little bit about uh, Simple Equations Media because Lee touched on it. So I'll, I want you to tell them about it. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, Simple Equations Media is a uh, full service audio and video production company. Um, we specialize in anything from. Uh, TV to uh, films to music videos to um, post-production audio um, editing uh, recording bands we do just about everything um, and uh, yeah we're located here in Las Vegas um, and uh, yeah you can find us on uh, all social media um, Instagram Facebook Twitter uh, simpleequationsmedia.com um, and uh yeah, so we're out there. Do do yeah, do basically cool. basically everything you need. And if I could, um, I am actually getting ready to launch my own podcast um, that I would like to introduce. I guess. Yeah, um, tell us, tell the people. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess this is the first public release of the of of the show, but um, it's it's very unlike Beyond Terrestrial or State of Fear. It's uh, it's it's more along the lines of it's an interview based show where I interview uh, creative people, musicians, artists, filmmakers, um, and just inspiring people, entrepreneurs, uh, that type of thing. And, uh, just get dive real deep into the creative process, the inspiration behind, uh, the work that they do. And, um, just to get, uh, just to get a little bit deeper look into, to the artist's yeah, mind. Very cool. So that, that's, um, that's called the artisans musing. So, uh, ooh, that's going to be launching nice. in March. Excellent. So very cool. Well, We'll keep an eye out, and we will definitely plug that on all of our uh, media for you, Mike, when that drops. Very cool. Thank you very um, much. No problem. Um, you know, simple equa- I, I just want to touch on Simple Equations. We love you guys. Um, we love uh, Mike helping us out with the show. Um, but it's a really cool spot you're in. Uh, your boss, or, or 
you know, co-worker, the owner of Simple Equations, Jay, is on Ghost Adventures. Um, yeah. So it's really cool for us who are into weird stuff. And it's also great for creative people or folks who are trying to do uh, audio, video, who need uh, professional help. I mean, you guys exactly. uh, do it all. Jay, Jay touched on some of his work that he's done in our uh, Demon House show. So yeah. um, just awesome to have you guys on board. Um, love talking it. with you, Mike. Now, Chris, um, y- there is a sister podcast to oh, uh, State of Fear. <laughs> Tell the people about what the suck. It, it is actually our first podcast. We started it uh, last was it last year or year before? I think it was yeah, year about before, a year and actually. a half, brother. Yeah, it's been a yeah, while. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's in season three now. So it is a show built around james and i and myself or james and me whatever the proper pronunciation is uh proper grammar is uh love of crappy crappy horror movies and these <laughs> these are movies that you find you you used to find a dime a dozen in the barrel bargain bins at like stores and, and dollar stores <laughs> and walmarts now there are dime a dozen on amazon prime uh as yeah. well as like places like tubi but uh, yeah, so James and I, every week we find a crappy movie, we watch it, and then we assign it a rating of uh, one to five shit emojis, uh, one being one <laughs> being the best, five being horrible. But uh, we we wanted to do a show for all the uh, forgotten or not known about horror movies out there. So it's uh, going on, like I said, season three right now. It's 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 our baby. It's our first one, um, and uh, you can also find it anywhere. You can find podcasts as well, as well as it has a YouTube channel, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, so if you like crappy movies, crappy horror movies to be, to be exact, or if you're debating on watching it and you're not sure what it's for you, just go check out our show. We probably have watched already, and uh, you can listen to our review and then decide for yourself if you want to waste an hour of your life that way. <laughs> this is very true. Oh, and I have, yeah, and I have two good. words. I have oh. two words from my man Dan: rescue titties. Say again, James. You froze. I did. I ah. <laughs> Let me say it one more time. That's okay. It probably came through good on your audio. Yeah, it probably <laughs> did. Rescue titties, my brother. Rescue titties, man. Oh, okay. Rescue That's titties. what it was. Yes. Hey. Rescue oh, yes. titties are Oh, important. makes any movie better. <laughs> yes. no, you I do guys also worry uh, that you're going to run out of material to watch? No. Hell no. No. Let me There's tell you. Um, oh, God. Actually, yes. Well, guys, I hope... I hope sometime in the post-COVID world to uh, join you in a viewing for what to suck. Like, that is uh, yeah. one of my... On my to-do list in any visit to the Houston metro area. Fantastic. So, um, Absolutely. It has been it has been awesome talking with y'all. This closes out the Beyond State of Fear uh, Bob Lazar crossover debate. I've been Dan Martson, and we've been uh, – it's been awesome to j- – thank you for listening to us. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Keep it in, Mike. Keep God, it in. I can't. That was I good. That was me. He's not with my one team. There's one thing we forgot to cover, Mike. What's up? What? Let's talk. Yeah, I know. I, I wore my S4 cape Your S4 today. cape. Yeah. I like it. It's a good symbol. Yeah. It's a very like. Yeah. It's it's very reminiscent of like um like the N7 from um from that from what video game? Uh, Mass nice Effect logo on that. Mass yes. Effect. Very reminiscent uh, of that. It's a great <laughs> cape. I like it. I like it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, guys, keep keep your eyes out there for more tales 
from Beyond Terrestrial and maybe more capes. Ooh. All right. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond Terrestrial, all three of y'all. If you're still a fan of this show, follow Beyond Terrestrial on social media and join the Beyonders Facebook group for even more strangeness. Links to everything, including previous episodes, are available at beyondterrestrial.com. That's the place to go for stickers, merch, show swag, and our Patreon. Patrons get exclusive access to ad-free shows, giveaways, and the unedited after-show show. Anything you give to the show goes straight to Funk Master B's Bachelor Pad, which for now is also where these giant turkeys record this show. This show was edited by Simple Equations Media with music by Mike Root. Dan and Lee will be back next Tuesday with more from Beyond Terrestrial.